You're listening to the B&H Photography Podcast. For over 40 years, B&H has been the professional source for photography, video, audio, and more. For your favorite gear, news, and reviews, visit us at bnh.com or download the B&H app to your iPhone or Android device. Now here's your host, Alan Weitz. Greetings and welcome to the B&H Photography Podcast. Today's episode, we're going to do something a little bit different. We're going to be getting personal and talking about what originally drew us to taking pictures into photography and why do we continue to take pictures? In a nutshell, why do we love photography? To add additional depth and flavor to our show, we're going to be joined by three notable photographers from around the country. We're going to be speaking with street photographer Valerie Jardin, landscape, lifestyle, and commercial photographer Brian Minier, and Alaska-based adventure and travel photographer Dan Bailey. What links each of these three photographers, other than their shared love of the medium, is that they are all Fujifilm X photographers. Now, it's funny to have a trio of Fujifilm X photographers on this show because... Wouldn't you believe it? We are in the midst of the Bean H Photography Podcast Fujifilm X-H1 Sweepstakes. Do you want a shot at winning a free camera? By simply subscribing and rating our podcast and tweeting or posting on the B&H Facebook page, you become eligible to win a Fujifilm X-H1 mirrorless camera with a Fujinon XF35mm f2 lens. You also get a shot at winning a Fujifilm XE3 mirrorless camera with a Fujinon XF23mm f2 lens. All of the official instructions and rules can be found on the link in our show notes. The sweepstakes runs until August 15th, 2018. So now, on with our show. Before we start talking about why we got involved in this crazy trade of ours, uh, we just want to mention that last week... uh, John, Jason, and myself, we spent a few days down in Philadelphia at the Podcast Movement uh, Convention, and it was terrific. We had an amazing time. Uh, It was one speaker after the other uh, on podcasting, every aspect of podcasting. It was really terrific. The most important takeaway I have from this, and I think I could, I I believe that John and Jason share my sentiments, is that I came away from these three days with a new appreciation for our listeners, the people that, like yourself who come back week after week and listen to our show and contribute to it. Uh, and that's a key word, too. Uh, if you, there's something that you'd like to hear about a show, if you have questions about things, drop us a line. We actually will respond to you, and uh, you never know. It might even turn into a show. Yeah, one of the greatest things about this uh, the sweepstakes that we're doing right now is we're getting comments on Facebook oh, and, yeah. and iTunes. And... Uh, and we really take the comments to heart, and uh, even you know some of the bad ones too. But most of them have been very positive, and uh, and we like to see which shows people like, why they like them, and the general comments that we get. Uh, it goes a long way to uh, making the show better. Hopefully, our listeners are essentially our partners. So the more you participate, the more the show becomes yours as well. Yeah, take advantage of it. That said. That said, you want to know why I'm a photographer? Oh boy, um, I know why you're a photographer, but tell, <laughs> tell, tell, tell us. <laughs> but what I guess what I'm trying to get at with this question, and it's easy to say what what photo you love, and and the things about oh, I, li- I like meeting people and going to places, and all the things that are around photography, and and maybe those are some of the reasons we do them. But for me, there is something that I want to call love or, or joy or satisfaction from the act itself you know mm-hmm. from some something about photography and uh, and for me there's several things and I'll talk about them when it's my turn but um I'm trying to get right down to that seed and what do you think it is for you 
Ooh, the moment I go click. Um, I've been taking pictures since 1967 when I was in the High School of Art and Design. I went there as a sculpture major. <laughs> and the first year there, um, they try to shake you of your nasty habits and they give you a little bit of everything that's offered at the school. And it was, it was all commercial art. And one of the classes I had was photography and something about it got me. Um, the first year in there you only use 35 millimeter. It was all manual cameras. Uh, Pentax Spotmatics and Minolta SRT-101s. That's uh, everything that, all the cameras that people are running around Brooklyn <laughs> wearing right mm -hmm. now, okay? Those are our tools. And we learned how to do everything. It was all manual and we developed our own film. We made our own prints. It, it, was, it was totally hands-on. And I quickly became entranced by specifically color. We learned black and white initially and then I was a renegade and I went out and bought myself a roll of slide film. And I went to Coney Island, and I shot a lot of pictures that um, are surprisingly quite similar to the pictures I take there today. I've refined my eye, I've sharpened my eye. I, I don't press the button as much as I used to, I'm more selective. And within a year or two, I started to play around with lenses. I tried everything from 500 millimeter to 15 millimeter and quickly noted that my focal length was about 24 millimeter and it remains that way 50 years later. Um, what is it about taking pictures? I really like walking around and seeing things. I always had a hard time writing physically writing. Uh, my handwriting is miserable. I, I, I'm a lefty who was trained to write like a right-handed and it does not work at all. And I found that with a camera, I was suddenly able to speak freely uh, of things that I saw. And I realized that my eye was very drawn to specific shapes and specifically diagonal lines and shadows and going through all of those and cross-secting with shadows and lines. And the pictures I take today are remarkably similar to what I took way back then. I, I often joke that I've only taken four photographs in my whole life. The subject matter changes, but the visual dynamics and the design of my composition is a signature. And to this day, I love going out. I love aiming a camera. I love composing. I love getting lost, as you said, in the moment. Uh, about a year and a half ago, I was doing a lens review for B&H, and I was at a little park nearby here, and all of a sudden, a guard, a cop came over and asked me if I was okay. <laughs> I realized why, because there was a bunch of people kind of looking at me, and I was photographing, there were these wire chairs made out of wire steel, and there was some beautiful shadows coming out, and I wanted to get a photograph of the parts of the chair and its shadow on the sidewalk without getting myself into it, and I had literally draped myself, and I'm a grown man, I draped myself over a chair and was hanging over it as if I had just had a seizure and fell over a chair. And he came over to find out if I was all right. And I go, yeah, I'm just taking pictures of shadows. <laughs> and I just thanked him and went on my way. And then, now, he, and then they dragged you away. And <laughs> yeah, you know, I ran fast. I'm still pretty quick on my feet. But to be able to get lost in the middle of the city, taking pictures of shadows, I just get a giggle out of that. I enjoy it. And... Um, I own a lot of cameras <laughs> and a lot of wide-angle lenses. So I you use find, all of them. Do you get, I mean, I know you collect cameras, and does that give you a pleasure too? I mean, do you go back and look at your cameras and fiddle with them and play with them and bring out a new one? And I mean, is that something you can raise to the level of, uh, of a love? 
And again, this is a I'll word ask you, John. What do you think? You you sit right next to me. And you see what I carry on my garbage. Well, I, I do see. I do see you get very excited about the new ones, and that 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 that's pretty important. You know, I, I, I love mean, the new tech. New, new new technologies. I absolutely love. I'm mm-hmm. in love with digital. I'm in love with the newest lenses coming out. I think today's lenses are better than anything I've ever used. Um, and I also love going back to classic cameras. Uh, um, a Hasselblad Superwide, to me, is is the most perfect camera ever made. It's a medium format camera. It's not reflex. It's totally manual. You have to guess your focus. You have to use a viewfinder to compose. You Everything is manual. You take your own exposures. And one of the things I love about these cameras, and I'll also qualify it by saying that I will often set my digital cameras to manual and work the same way, I get immense satisfaction out of putting my energies and concentration into taking a photograph with one of these cameras that has zero, zero automation to it. And the reason is that if the picture comes out the way I saw it in my mind's eye, which is more often than not, I get a tremendous amount of satisfaction because the picture came out because I did everything right. Mm-hmm. So then, I'm trying to get dig into this a little bit. The, the The satisfaction then comes from from knowing the process and from kind of a sense that okay, I learned and comes, I've grown and and I know what to do. Yeah, all of those. The satisfaction is at the moment I go click and I really get this little smile inside of me saying, I got it. And if I can share that picture afterwards, that's terrific. But it's the moment of seeing something. It's about seeing. Let me, let me ask it this way. If you couldn't take pictures, what would you miss? Nothing, because I'm still seeing things. I have taken so many pictures in my mind's eye that I could recall that I'm satisfied. And I just I see a gorgeous sunset. I do not automatically pull out my camera. I watch it. I'm very much into the moment as well, and I think that's an important thing. I know when to put the camera down, and there are things that I have seen that I have not photographed that are bring me back as many good feelings and make me feel as good as prints that I have that mm-hmm. are photographs. Yeah, sometimes as a photographer, anyway, the things that we don't photograph, we, we remember better. <laughs> yeah, 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 uh, yeah, yeah. Anyway, so let's um, let's make a phone call then. Let's talk to, uh, let's give Valerie a call and okay. see what she has to say. Valerie Jardin is a street travel and portrait photographer whose work looks to document humanity in all its forms and to find beauty in the most unlikely of places. She's published six books of and about photography. She leads workshops and is the host of a very own podcast, Hit the Streets with Valerie Jardin. Valerie is joining us via Skype from Minnesota. Welcome, Valerie. Well, thank you for having me. It's great to have you here. Um, we have a series of questions, uh, uh, not too many, but we want to start off with one. You photograph in different cities around the world, and every city has its own personality. Do you find differences in shooting in, say, Paris, Rome, five towns, Long Island? What are the differences, if any? Uh, well, I I always approach it the same way, no matter where I am, and if there is only one rule in street photography, that's respect. And and you'll find that it's really not any different to photograph people on the streets candidly in one city or another. And um, I, I apply the same 
the same rules. I don't photograph people in embarrassing situation. I don't photograph people in vulnerable situation. I photograph life. And uh, the only difference is I would say is uh, in the way I will choose color versus black and white in one city or another. Uh, that's about the only difference really for me uh, in the way I approach one city versus another. Like Rome, for example, is much more colorful and it's really hard to switch to uh, to switch gear to shooting black and white, a decision I make in camera, uh, versus Paris is more of a black and white city uh, for me. So, um, but people are people. And if you're respectful, they pretty much, you know, they, they're pretty much uh, the same everywhere. And you said that you take you you shoot in color or you make the changes afterwards. That's I exactly. That. No, what I shoot yeah. I shoot JPEG and uh -huh. I make the decision in in camera. Okay. Unless I um like right now I just finished um uh, preparing a webinar about color versus black and white. So I had my camera and film simulation bracketing for that mm -hmm. reason when I was traveling recently just to have to produce images both in color and black and white for that specific class, but. Um, I make the decision in camera and I shoot JPEG only now. Mm -hmm. Let me, can I ask you, I mean, so you're a Fujifilm X shooter and Fujifilm is pretty well known for its colors. Um, do you see a, a difference in the types of colors based on the cities that you're in? Or is that just oh, reaching I, too far? I, no, that's fine. I only shoot classic chrome uh -huh. and pretty much um, what comes out of the camera. I'm, I'm very much in, um, I, I spend very, very little time in post-processing since I shoot mostly straight photography. Mm -hmm. uh, there is nothing you can do to the picture to to make a story. Either it's 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 good as is or it's not. So um, I spend very little time in post-processing, literally five seconds or less per picture. And um, my goal and the goal when I'm out with my students is to get it right in camera. And that's part of the creative process and the growth of the photographer, uh, not to rely on post-processing. I'm never going to remove anything. I do very, very little cropping, if any. Um, and I think um, it's our job as photographers to, to get it as close to what you see. And, and camera. You're saying you're shooting strictly JPEGs and you're sticking to monochrome or making a decision on the spot to yeah. go into color. How come you, uh, do, do you ever, is there a reason why you don't want to say shoot raw backup aside from the fact um, that it gobbles space? No, I would, I, I mean, I did at first. I didn't switch from raw to JPEG overnight. I did shoot both and I never looked at the raw file. I mean, we, with uh, with Fuji, we have amazing, amazing color simulations. I'm not going to replicate that in post-processing. So why even bother? So uh, I love, uh, I love the black and white. I recently switched to Acros, although I was shooting black and white with yellow filter. And, um, and then for color, I, I haven't shot more, I haven't. I never shot as much color as I have since Classic Chrome became available. I just love, love Classic Chrome. It has that timeless feel that black and white has, but in a color palette, in my opinion. And uh, I love the muted tones. I do make that decision because, you know, if the color is not part of the story or if it distracts from your subject, then remove the color. But that's something you should, whether you should raw or not, that's a decision you should make 
before you press the shutter. I think it's all about the the power of limitations. Mm. You need to make those decisions before you press the shutter to grow in the craft. And um, and and I'm not telling people to shoot raw. I mean, my students sometimes get a little nervous if I say, well, you know, do you really use your raw files? Why do you even shoot them then? And usually they don't, but they have that safety net that they feel they need to have, and that's okay. But um, I always... I always um, encourage them to make decisions before they press the shutter. Uh, and if you're if you see a scene that is all about color, well, it would be a crime to to make it a black and white photograph. So shoot it in color. Yeah. Stick to that. And it, it sounds to me like some of the the purity or the purism of of this discipline is a carryover from from shooting film. Is that is that fair to say? Yeah, I started with film, like many of us, and uh, and we had to make the decision before we uh, we left the house half right, the time. So, right. did you switch right from from shooting film to the Fuji film system, or did you kind of go through a few transitions and and then find yourself comfortable with Fuji film? Uh, no, I was actually I shot Canon and my last DSLR with a 5D Mark II, which was a great, great camera. And as I was phasing out my commercial photography business, that's when I started shooting with Fuji. Mm-hmm. And literally overnight, I sold all my Canon <laughs> gear and L lenses, and I stuck with one camera with a fixed lens, which is the X100. S at the time. Now uh-huh. it's the F, F yeah. and that's all I ever need. I mean, I I. I Took it to Iceland, even oh, just so this, limiting myself so, to one focal length. So a real street photographer, eh? Proof, proof is in the uh, X100 series, right? <laughs> <laughs> well, um, you know, I, I really do think that camera can fit anything. Yeah, yeah, as I said, I went to Iceland and and stuck with that, and everybody thought I was crazy. That's but funny. Uh, you you see differently, and um, I really do believe that if you limit yourself. You will you will do better work. So real quickly, what what are some of the cities that uh, are color cities for you, and what are some of the cities that are black and white? Um, as I said, I think uh, Rome. I shoot a lot more color in Rome than I do in Paris, for example. Mm-hmm. Uh, New York is I I like New York in black and white also. Okay. But again, it depends on the day, depends on the light and the subject. It's really the subject that will dictate. My choice. Mm-hmm. By the way, New York is best with seven-year-old Kodak Color 400. <laughs> okay. Pro- processed at a cheap lab. Four by six prints. Yeah, that's right? it. The, the subject of our show today, uh, in addition to talking a little bit about Fuji, is to kind of trying to get at the core of, of what it is that we love about taking pictures. And I, and I know that's a, it's a big subject, but can you, uh, can you answer that question? What, what, what is it that you love? I mean, what, what is it? that creates the feeling that's as close as love as possible when you're taking photos? Well, uh, first of all, being in the zone, I think there is really nothing like it. I have the ability to forget everything that's happening in my life, good or bad. Um, and, um, and, and that's a beautiful thing. Mm -hmm. And, um, and for me, uh, it would be more specific to street photography. Why, why street photography versus anything else and mm-hmm. i've shot pretty much everything else i mean i've i've done landscape i've done wildlife um so you name it mm-hmm. i've tried it street photography is by far the most difficult the most challenging uh genre in photography because not only you only have a fraction of a second to document to capture something that's never happened before and will never happen again that you will not be able to replicate that nobody else will shoot 
um, besides you. And I think there's that appeal that of the unique aspect of street photography, that, that one frame that nobody will ever have but mm. you and nobody will ever replicate even yourself. And, um, and the fact that it's all about your, you only have control over your, over your vision and your gear. You don't have control over what people are going to do. So to capture the decisive moment and, uh, and, and that fraction of a second is so challenging that once you get it, I, to me, there is nothing like it. I've never, ever felt that satisfaction of a keeper in any other genre of photography as I do in street photography because there are so few keepers. I have one little question about your, your work. A lot of it has to do with people positioned in very unique places in, in shadow and light. Um, do you often see the light happening in a particular street or alley or, 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 or exterior or interior and just wait for the right person to come through? Yep, that's one aspect of that's one way to to approach the genre, and it's more like the the fisherman approach versus the hunter. Uh, so well, I how, do a how, bit often, of both. how often do you actually? Because some of your stuff is just strikingly powerful, and I I know I, I get them once in a while, but usually I got to wait a little bit. So what percentage of those particular photographs would you say are ones where you just saw it and you just swung the camera around and hit it like a sharpshooter? Well, actually, you'd be surprised. Some of my uh, most uh, published photographs that have made covers or full page ads were grab shots. Ooh. So uh, you never know. I'm always ready. I'm I always have my camera in my hand, my finger on the trigger. My camera doesn't fall asleep because I need to be ready. You don't have time to turn your camera on if uh, if the moment is happening. But occasionally I'll find a really great light and I'll just give myself, you know, a certain amount of time. I could spend all day. So I, I definitely have to, to like either set my timer and say, okay, I don't have all day. I have 10 minutes. So I'm just going to stand there for 10 minutes. I'm only going to grab the shot if it happens. I'm not going to settle for a subject that's subpar. It's going to have to be the shot or nothing. So it's also not... Um, compromising. I never compromise. I'm, I'd rather not take the picture than not take the picture that's going to have the best possible subject coming through. Maybe I'll come back. Maybe I'll never come back to that spot. But to me, that is the most important is not to settle for just anyone. And I see that a lot. And that's really one thing that I encourage my students not do not settle. Uh, no picture is better than you know, a boring picture. So if you have the great spot and you waste that spot or that light with a boring subject, well, then it's a boring picture. It sounds to me a little bit like some aspect of the satisfaction comes from what you're bringing to it, your skill level or your ability to capture that moment in one photo. So is it fair to say that the the pleasure, the love, the joy comes more from what you're bringing to it, to the moment or what the moment is bringing to you? I think it's both. I mean, I can be on the streets all day and and click the shutter six times, mm -hmm. and that's fine. I'm just not going to settle. The experience of just being out there and hunting on the street, there's nothing like it. And yeah. and to me, that's totally part of the experience. Yeah. I mean, you get the you get the uh, a keeper at the end of the day. That's the icing on the cake. But I just love being out there with my camera and seeing life, and and. Uh, and and sometimes you know even if you if you don't capture the moment but you actually saw it you you're you're learning you're growing so um it's really about being out there and uh, and seeing and enjoying 
uh, enjoying the moments and uh, and life on the street. It's really, I, I know every street photographer listening to this totally gets what I'm what I'm uh, talking about. Mm-hmm. It's it's really a special special thing. Yeah. By the way, just and I'm I, sure I'm sure landscape photographers have that feeling when they are in that nah. amazing vista. <laughs> no, 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 no. <laughs> don't. And usually, if I'm in an amazing landscape. I'm not even going to take a picture. I'd rather see it with my eyes right. because I'm not going to I'm not going to post process this to death and change the sky to make it look the way I want it to look. I want it to be Jason, just like listening? this. And then, so I don't <laughs> shoot landscape because it bores me. Well, that's funny because I'm working on a book right now called The Decisive Mountain. Um, <laughs> yeah, it, <laughs> it's kind of tedious. Valerie, it's been wonderful, wonderful talking to you. Uh, if, if our listeners want to see more of your work, uh, where should they go? Uh, well, everything is uh, on my website, valeriejardin.com, V-A-L-E-R-I-E-J-A-R-D-I-N. And from there, they can see my books, my blogs, uh, all my workshops. And a podcast and you have? My podcast, Hit the Streets with Valérie Jardin. Uh, episode 100 coming up, and uh, it's every Thursday on uh, I- on um, iTunes and so forth. Mm-hmm, yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay, I know I found it. I'm, gonna, I'm a subscriber. There we go. I'm good. <laughs> anyway, thank you so much for joining us. Okay, now we're going to come back to the studio, and we're going to pose the same question to John Harris. John, <laughs> what is it about photography? I know you're an avid shooter. You always have a camera with you. Mm-hmm. Why do you keep taking pictures? Well, that's it's funny. I wasn't going to say this, but immediacy is really uh, at, a heart of a, at the heart of a lot of it, having a camera all the time and, and getting that... It, it's somehow it's self-indulgent too, right? Because you you want to get it right away. There it is. I want to get it. Okay, I got it. You and know? nothing else matters. And nothing else matters. That's right. <laughs> but but there is that. But but I, I do have an answer that I thought about a bit. And and stick with me, guys, as uh, as I work through this. It, there's kind of three aspects. Um, so I'm all over the place, but I think it'll come together at the end. Three uh, pillars. The three pillars. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> um, so. Anyway, I'm going to start with this idea I call disjointed unity, all right? And it's when moments appear and and I'm able to put a frame around them. It's kind of you block out the rest of the world except for this little frame. And actually, for me, it's more of a window. You know, it's kind of like when a portal, you know, the rest of the world disappears and here's that little portal. Selective focus. Yeah, what, 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 I'm, what I'm thinking of. But this, this disjointed aspect of it is... You know, it's kind of thrilling. You know, it's a satisfying, thrilling feeling. It usually happens in an instance. Uh, sometimes I'm not even fully aware of every all the dynamics going on because, again, I, most of it is street photography or, or you know, in active scenes. Um, but what I really do like is when elements that don't normally go together in life can be pieced together into the frame. Odd juxtapositions. Yeah, I, I mean, know? and it could be colors. It could be an angle of something. It could be even, you know, the socio socioeconomic differences of the subjects. You There's know? a quirkiness and whimsical to a lot of the pictures you take. You find kind of things yeah. that are like, yeah, odd I mean, things in the street. Yeah, yeah, and, and but visually, it doesn't sometimes even matter what the subjects are. It's, right. it's how they are. Uh, relationships the relationships and if the relationships are odd and don't normally match Mm -hmm. in the real world and I can piece them together into a frame or just put that frame around them that's when it feels good yeah you know and that 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 thrill that moment and and even to somewhat uh, 
the peacefulness that you feel afterwards is what I'm calling the love of photography. That's one thing, all right? The other aspect has to do with the professional work that we do because I really do get a, a satisfied feeling with that pat on the head. You know, when, when, a, oh, when yeah. you turn in some work and the client gets back to you and says, and it is important when they get back to you, you know, and they say, wow, I really liked it or great job or wow, you got something that we never saw and they throw that compliment to you, it feels good, you know. And, yes. and yeah, so there's that. And, and then the final thing, which is something that is growing on me more and more and, and but I realize has been part of me is, is memory. And, you know, I started out as an archivist and, and looking at old photos and, and, and dealing with things that were long since forgotten by most everybody around them, but they were captured in, in, in an image somewhere. And now that I'm a parent and I was a part of capturing something that now 10 or 15 or 20 years later has totally changed, is totally gone, but having that memory and going back to look at that, those photos, that gives me a feeling like nothing, like nothing. So, and it doesn't even have to be my own kids, you know, it could be, it could be, you know, my mother when she was a child or people I don't even know sometimes, you know, but if there's a connection that I can draw or a memory that I can have, it's, it's a, it's a pretty powerful feeling. So I'm going to try to draw a connection to those three ideas and say that what I love about photography is, uh, is being loved. You know, this idea that you're loved for what you do. Like connecting with somebody, you mean? Well, I don't know if it's a connection like you would say, okay, you know, we share something. It's more about somebody saying, you know, I love you <laughs> because of what you did or, you know, or what you're a part of. And sometimes I guess, I'm not sure this all works out in, I, I into, guess the, I didn't, into the analogy. Is it like being heard, mm. kind of? Yeah, I guess that is, that is, that's the good way to say it. Yeah, it is being, it's being heard. It's yeah, being saying, okay, dude, you know, At the thanks. same time, though, you, know, you just said yeah. it's when you take that picture, you get that satisfaction. Yeah. No one's seen that picture yet. So that's your true. satisfaction is there before that. That's, right, the, that, that's that, the first pillar, though. We're on the brother's side. <laughs> no, but, but I like, but when Jason said being heard, uh, what I was going to say is that sometimes it's just I'm hearing myself, you know, yeah, and, and, oh, yeah. and there's that. But you're validating um, yourself a little bit, yeah, you're checking yeah, in, yeah, yeah, a little bit of that. So, uh, so that's kind of what I'm trying to get at with that, and and maybe uh, we'll leave it there, and, and then we'll. No, throw we're not going to leave it. I'm going to throw one other thing oh, at okay, you based yeah. on what you just said. You're talking right. about memories and mm -hmm. looking back 20 yeah. years later. Yeah. Okay. Are you okay about putting down your camera when something's happening and saying, no, I just want to be here and take this in? Are you okay with that? You know, I, I think about that a lot too. And um, I don't know. I mean, I'm okay with it. And, and it happens. And, you know, sometimes your, your, your battery, you have, your battery you, dies. Exactly. And, you, and I get angry <laughs> when the battery dies and frustrated when I want to take a picture. But, but are there any events that you look know, back on that you did not photograph saying, I really wish I had just at least snapped one picture? Or is the memory of the event enough of you saying, I was there, it's, it's okay. Mm. I have that. Well, memories fade, photos do, but not, not in the same way. I, I'm, I'm okay with it. I can live with anything. I'm not, I'm not so, so hardcore in any one way or the other. But I actually, you remember we had uh, Eleanor Carucci on the show. She talked about how you know, having the camera heightens the experiences. Yes. And I actually tend to, tend yeah. to feel that way because if, if I'm looking through a lens, I'm paying extra attention and I'm, and I'm, and I'm thinking about it. And, and that whole process forces me to, to remember things even better. So I, so I would have to say that, um, that whole idea of putting it down and just enjoying it while I appreciate that, 
I don't think I lose anything when I have a camera around me. Maybe the people around me would disagree, but for me, the camera doesn't take much away. Gotcha. All right, John, thank you so, so much. Our next guest is Brian Manier. Let's see what he has to say about photography and why he sticks to it. Brian is a Midwest-based landscape and lifestyle photographer and graphic designer. Inspired at a young age by Ansel Adams' landscape work, Brian is a true all-rounder, a true freelancer, working weddings and a range of commercial projects, but he's most at home shooting landscapes and cityscapes. Brian, welcome to our show. No, thanks for having me. It's an honor to be here. That's great having you. Uh, let's jump right into the uh, the topic of the day and that... Everybody who's a photographer, at some point in life, something happened, they saw something, somebody said something to them, or somebody just took a camera in the hand and something clicked. And we're all stuck at this point where we are, cameras are part of our being. What's your narrative? What got you into it? And why do you continue to look through a lens? Yeah, I think for me, it's, it's part... I was just always kind of a technology nerd. I got that from my dad and my grandpa. Like my dad always had a, you know, the latest point and shoot camera that took either like a three and a half floppy disk or, you know, <laughs> graduated to the, you know, memory stick kind of card deals. Um, and so I was always, I was always stealing his, his camera, whatever he had. And that's kind of where it started. Like my fascination with it started, but I mean, my grandpa was a photographer back in the sixties. So it, it, it's always kind of been there in the back of my mind, even though my dad wasn't necessarily an, an artist, he would, you know, he would film events or he would shoot photos for like a family gathering or something, but it was never, it was never artistic. So it was really when I kind of discovered Ansel Adams when I was in high school that it all came together. And I, I just realized what I really liked and as far as the art of photography was. Mm -hmm. And do you feel that connection to your to your family? I mean, is that is that part of it when you're actually making a photograph? Is there? And I'm not I'm not I don't mean quite literally that you're you know you're you're thinking of your grandfather so much, but do you feel that there's some kind of continuation with the work that you're doing to your your father, your grandfather, and and maybe even to you know photography as a whole, or or am I stretching with that? No, I think there's definitely something there. I mean, it, like you said, it's not really at the forefront of my mind. I mean, to be completely honest, like for me, when I'm out shooting, it's like that it, it's part just this peaceful kind of retreat from the stresses and everything of life. But then it, at the same time, because I'm more of a golden hour shooter, like I'm used to really chasing that light either an hour leading up to sunset or an hour leading to sunrise. And it's also this adrenaline boost. You know, mm -hmm. I grew up, I was this skateboarder kid that was always, you know, really just trying to get hurt and do crazy <laughs> things. And, and, and so photography really gives me that outlet to get that same adrenaline boost without the injuries. Right. right. <laughs> and and it, it, that's, that's a great answer. And is that, is that, is that adrenaline rush that you get? What we might want to call the love of photography for you? Like when, when you're out there, you're chasing the light and, and you get that moment and you, and you feel like, wow, it all came together? Yeah, I definitely think so. I mean, I'm fresh off a trip to Badlands National Park. Me and some friends road tripped 15 hours to shoot for a couple days. Um, and it's just that, that idea of going out, like scouting a location, finding this perfect location, planning, you know, your light, your composition, the filters you're going to use. And then you come back the next morning and the 
pitch black darkness, just waiting and crossing your fingers for that sun to come up and the clouds to be the right way, how you imagined it. And then it's, it's really just that follow through and seeing that plan and everything come together. And that's what it's all about. And do you feel that, that satisfaction more so in the moment when you're, when you're snapping the picture or maybe more so when you, when you go back and you take a look at it and, and, uh, and you really realize you got what you wanted? For me, it's a little bit of both. Typically I kind of know when, I mean, I shoot a lot when I'm shooting. I'm not one of the people, one of the, these kinds of people that sets up like one particular shot. And when I'm get that shot, I'm done. I do for sure know that's the shot I want to come back to and post. Like that's the first one, first thing that I go to. But um, I usually know in the field when I get something, but for so much of my process is after the fact. I love post and I love, you know, digging in Photoshop and stuff. So really it's almost like a, rekindling when I get to actually look at the, you know, the photo on my computer. Yeah. 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 And, uh, is, is the, what, what's the final product for you? That, that image that you've then worked on, on your computer, you've edited it, you've corrected it and it's ready. Or do you then take it to print and there's your final product? I've been doing a lot more printing now. Uh Um, definitely still kind of working at that, um, to, to make that a more normal, normal part of my process. Yeah. But usually for me, Instagram, like social media is usually the place where it, it lives the most. But for me, there's always that one special photo from each excursion mm-hmm. where I know like that's going up on the wall or that's going in my office or something. Yeah, yeah, cool. And uh, do you, this is kind of a, maybe a nuts and bolts question about being a, a Fujifilm X photographer, but do you have a requirement that you, that, you know, that, the work that you submit or the work that you make public has to be shot with Fujifilm or is there anything along those lines? Uh, there's never been anything said. No. I mean, I know, I know a lot of like, uh, Elia Licardi, for instance, you know, he, at, at least in the years, I don't know what he's doing right now, but I mean, in the years past, he had certain things that he would use Nikon for certain things he would use, you know, his Fujifilm gear for, mm-hmm. um, for me, it was the switch, like the full switch from Canon to Fujifilm four years ago now kind of marked a milestone in my career where I really just kind of tailored my career uh, to the things that I wanted to do, which was like that commercial lifestyle landscape sort of um, Mm -hmm. career path. And so it was like, I I just don't really use anything else. I do shoot film from, from time to time, but Fujifilm is really the only gear that I, that I have and use. And so that relationship doesn't really demand much, specifically in the terms of what you know what you what you produce or what you what you show no i don't think so i mean they're they're really amazing to work with in the sense that it's they're very few guidelines you know if if there's something that they're particularly needing um they'll be sure to voice that like we need uh, some lifestyle photos of you know the xh1 or this new camera or something like that so they need something they'll reach out and more or less it's just me you know doing what I do. Yeah, cool. Um, Something I wanted to ask you about, uh, you are, you, you've used uh, the Cambo Actus Mini, which is a uh, device that goes between the camera body and the lens. It is essentially a view camera, a, a taken down view camera with a bellows and a front and rear standard that enables you to do uh, perspective control and a lot of other corrections that you cannot do in camera with, a, a, with most other cameras. And mm-hmm. you shot film as well. 
should I assume that if you were anxious to try a Cambo Actus Mini that you've shot with view cameras? I have not actually, no. Um, <laughs> okay. It, it, <laughs> it was really interesting when, when Cambo reached out to me. Um, I, I'd actually seen the Actus somewhere. Somebody posted it on Twitter or something, and it was really interesting to me because I had never had that experience with a view camera before. Um, I do have a couple friends that still do like 10 type stuff, so I'm familiar with it. Like I have always, you know, I understand the concept and how it works, but I was really anxious to get my hands on that and see how this kind of hybrid system worked together mm-hmm. and, is and the, what it could do. Is yeah. the Actus Mini, is that specifically designed for, for mirrorless or for Fujifilm or is there, or it's you can use 35 millimeters. Is that correct? It's for any DSLR or, or mirrorless? I'm pretty sure. I'm pretty, I, I know it's definitely like they have some Sony mount stuff. They have the Fuji mount stuff. They mm-hmm. have a lot of, um, they, they even have it for the GFX now system. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So well, I think we should, we should clarify that it's the, the uh, they don't make different model Cambo Actus minis. They make one unit, but what separates it, f- uh, one brand to another, one camera is the adapters. Uh, what, uh, lens adapter and what body adapter and those are interchangeable is that correct yes okay yes, that is correct so you could have the same you could have one unit and use it with five different camera systems just by changing the adapters on either end of it yeah there's basically okay. a plate at the rear end that mm-hmm. goes to the camera mount that you're using and then the other side just opens up to those bellows so mm-hmm. gotcha okay mm-hmm. uh brian if people want to see more of your work uh website instagram where should they be going yeah, uh, brianmanier.com, and then I'm at brianmanier on Twitter and Instagram. That's where I'm most present. Okay, that's B-R-Y-A-N-M-I-N-E-A-R. I was just going to say that's that. It? Spelling is everything. Yeah. Brian, thank you so much for joining <laughs> us. Your work is terrific, and it's been great having you as a guest. Thanks. It's been great. We hope you're enjoying this edition of the B&H Photography Podcast. Send us a tweet at bhphotovideo, hashtag bhphotopodcast. Now we're going to turn the microphone into the studio. Jason, tell us your story. What got you into taking pictures and... Why do you keep doing it? I think it's also worth noting, you're one of the newer photographers yes. in this room. You, you're yes. kind of late to the club, but you're good. Absolutely. I, I'm an audio guy, for sure. My original role in this was simply to, you know, to, to produce the audio part of, of, of the show and to you know, do the editing and stuff like that. So I think what really got me interested in photography was exposure through working on the show. Really. Now, I have a question. You're deep in audio, and I watch you working, and, and audio is about composition and phrasing and everything else. Does it, how, do, how do you connect photography and audio? Do you, do you know any uh, yeah, I mean, connections? For me, they're really similar. In addition to being an audio guy, I'm also a, music, You're a musician. A musician. Yeah, yeah, you know, I, I, I play mm-hmm. guitar, I play keyboards. Um. Uh, let me, so let me ask you, do you find, with, with music, they talk about coloration a lot and, and how sounds and phrases overlap each other. Do you find yourself doing a lot of this stuff with photographically with, with, is the way you see? Because I noted that you like shooting at night, which gives you a lot of opportunity for a lot of fading and a lot of blending of, of rich colors. Is it yeah, I, I think I'm I'm just drawn to like photography that paints broad strokes of emotion for me, like serene and ominous kind of scenes. I like long exposures. I guess most of what I've done has been you know cityscape, 
you know, I'd probably shoot more landscapes if I was if I was out in nature more. A lot of times I walk around and I listen to music while I'm shooting, and I kind of sometimes I'll listen to the same piece th- through the shooting process and the editing process. Oh, interesting. So okay. so I kind of can keep the same vibe that I felt originally. I like Brian Eno a lot, and I and, uh-huh. uh, and a lot of like ambient kind of stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's not the only mood that I I try to capture in my music, but so far in in photography, most of what I'd, I've done is kind of in that that vibe. At the end of the day, what keeps you hooked to photography? I think it's it, you know it's a, it's an avenue to explore creativity. I mean, it's another way to express ideas that I try to express in music. So far, I've I've felt like the uh, a meditative sort of mood is what I've been drawn to and, and, and have been able to comfortably manifest through photography and, uh, and uh, you know I'll continue to do that until I get bored <laughs> just, just, I'll ask you one more question yeah. when you do music mm-hmm. actually anybody who does anything with a passion you get into a headspace yeah um the headspace that you occupy when you're doing music, are you there photographically yet, or is it approaching? Well, I, I, there's a <laughs> no because uh, there's a lot of different um, emotions that I think I can I can express through music that I haven't been able to um, to, to to express in photography yet. But I mean, I'm I'm like a, I'm real young as a photographer, <laughs> so, so um, I haven't um, green. Yeah, <laughs> and what's the uh, the greatest pleasure? I mean, when when you when you feel the pleasure from photography, what, what is that? The greatest pleasure. For me, I think it's the end product. I'll, I'll go out and just walk around with no, without taking pictures the whole day until I find something I want to shoot and take one picture. You know what I mean? That's, that's the way I shoot. Um, so for me, it's, it's you know, completing a, a picture that, that I like. You know? And how do you feel at that moment? Um, well, for, for a short time, I feel happy and, and gratified, but, um, but then I just, you know, that fades and I want to do another one, you know? <laughs> Any different than the way you feel when you finish something in music? Nope, exactly the same. Like for me, the process is, is the fun part. The fun is basically over when it's, when it's done. Like maybe just for like the very tail end of it, it's, it starts fading as soon as I finish. That's, and that's how music is for me too. Okay. Thank you. Dan Bailey is based in Alaska, which is helpful as he's a full-time adventure, travel, and location photographer. He's a former editor as well, and his clients read like a who's who of outdoor and adventure-related companies. From the North Face, Marmot, Patagonia, to Outside Magazine, Bell Helmets, and Alaska Airlines. And of course, Dan is a Fujifilm ex-photographer. Welcome to the show, Dan. Hi, thanks for having me. It's great to be talking with you guys. Today's topic is... What is it about photography that makes us tick? And that's our question for you. Why did you pick up a camera in the first place? And why do you continue to pick up a camera? Yeah, that's a really interesting question. Um, It's funny that the why I picked it up in the first place, uh, it seems so long ago. And in some ways, it doesn't necessarily match with why... I picked them up today, but I guess in a roundabout way it does. Uh, I first decided to buy a camera. I was going to music college in Boston at Berkeley College of Music, and I, I had uh, I had a work study job, so I had a little bit of extra cash coming in, and I just had this idea that to buy to, to buy a camera. Uh, I'd kind of been attracted to photography. You know, I had a little Kodak Instamatics and stuff over the years when I was a kid. But I just decided to buy a camera, buy a nice camera. I thought it would be something fun to have. And it quickly captured me when I 
as soon as I bought it, it was a Nikon FM2. Good camera. And, yeah, I mean, it's just Very this, you know, ultra-classic manual body with a 50-millimeter lens. Mm-hmm. And and I, I think what I loved at first, like I was into, I was going to school for music, and in order to kind of produce music, you have to rely on a lot of people. You know, even if you're a solo artist, and I was actually in there for engineering and music production. So for me to record someone's music or even get my own music recorded, you have to rely on a lot of people, you know, especially when you're trying to make a, a career out of it. A&R people, producers, engineers, record company people. Um, if you want to play gigs, you got to try to, you know, there's a lot of a lot of hoops to jump through to actually perform in front of somebody. But with the camera, I I found I could just walk around by myself and make these pictures and kind of express my creativity. And it, and it was such a, a solo act from start to finish. And I didn't have to rely on anybody else to get it done. And that really appealed to me. And I just, I, I grew to love the craft over the years and why I pick it up now, you know, it, it's, it's kind of this, I'm sure it is for a lot of people. It's this weird drive and challenge you know, you look outside and you see the light changing and you just suddenly have this, you know, your heart starts beating faster and you suddenly have this notion that I have to get out there and take pictures. I have to go chase this light. And so when I'm out there in the moment, I'm really attracted to the challenge of trying to get a great image. As an adventure photographer, I shoot a lot of action. I shoot a lot of fast breaking scenes. And so for me, I've always loved the challenge of trying to pull all of these chaotic elements together right in the moment. And, and pull them into one, one defining moment, one one image that that speaks of, you know, the the uh, the confluence of this chaos, you know, between the light, the background, the subject matter, you know, which might be moving very quickly through the frame, and then having to deal with all the technical elements of the camera. So for me, a lot of it these days is is the challenge and the satisfaction of of nailing the great shot. Yeah, that's a word that keeps coming up. Uh, satisfaction, I think. Uh, yeah, and and maybe uh, you know, love is a is a really tricky word, um, and and satisfaction is something that may be a little bit easier to understand. And I've and Alan and I have been talking about it here, and and it, it's a word that at least in my mind keeps coming up. But do you do you can you put into words that feeling that that we get or, or that you get, you know, when these i these aspects do come together, and can you also talk about when you feel that, is it almost immediately after after you click, and you think you got it, or is it does it come up later when you're when you're looking at the image and and you see it and you go, wow, I got it. Uh, when you're in the moment and the scene is unfolding, you know, you just at least for me, I get this kind of singular focus. I I know what has to happen. I know where I need to be. I I I get this feeling that I'm seeing geometrically. I'm. I'm able to look around and I, I see the background, I see the light, I see the subject, I see, you know, any other elements of the scene start to unfold. And I get this, this drive to, I know where I need to be and I know how to get this picture. I just, it's like the wheels start turning in my head and, and I, it's, it's, it's a very exciting, you know, kind of hair raising, brain firing activity. Mm-hmm. And so you put yourself in the position and you, you get it all ready in your mind and in your hands and the satisfaction, uh, it, it definitely comes from when you click it, but even when you're there and you see it lined up and you know, you're ready, I think there's a lot of satisfaction in there in, in, 
in the mo- in those final moments. Uh, and then when you nail it, you you know that you have it. Yeah. And and it is always fun to look later. You know, when you get to relive your shots, and of course, in the old days, it was reliving it after you took your film in, after the trip was done. Right. You know, a few weeks later, and got all your slides processed and threw them on the light table. And now you just come home and throw the card in the computer and and uh, but yeah, I mean, seeing it on the big screen, you know, it, on the <laughs> nice monitor is is definitely a, a an exciting thing to to come home, and that's sort of the final the final account that tells you, yeah, you nailed it. You got it. Assuming you're not on assignment and you're not there actually taking pictures to satisfy a client's needs, you're there for yourself. How often, if ever, do you see something amazing and rather than grab your gear and, and, and prepare to take an amazing photograph of it, do you put everything down and just enjoy the moment and take a picture with your mind to take home with you and is it equally uh, satisfying uh i i definitely do that at times yeah there are times where i where i don't reach for the camera and and uh and just live for the moment and and for me it's i i think the way it plays out for me is it's the time it's not so many times where i don't reach for the camera i just don't take it with me mm, and, okay and so, for example, I've been doing a lot of remove the temptation. Doing a lot of mountain bike. Mm. I've been doing a lot of mountain bike riding this summer and racing. And and I I'm I often take the camera when I ride, but I've been having a lot of fun just riding this summer, mm-hmm. just riding my bike and and looking and just enjoying the scenery that's around me and enjoying the activity of pushing myself and on the bike and. So well, yeah, for me it plays out that way. Let me ask you that. that now that we're talking about you know sports to a degree and, and physical activity, can you compare or can you distinguish the feelings that you get, uh, you know, the feelings of joy from taking a photo, as opposed to let's say completing a um, you know a, a course on your mountain bike or or a certain you know a ride that you're doing that day. Let's say you're pushing yourself physically and and you complete it. Um, is there anything that compares or anything that contrasts between the two activities? Well, I think there's an inherent feeling of success with human satisfaction. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, you know, no matter what you're doing, whether you're, you know, playing, tr- playing a tricky piece on the guitar or racing your bike on some difficult course or, or trying to take a picture, you know, we as humans, we seek out challenging things to do. We, we seek out, uh, yeah, challenging exercises for us to try to complete for our own satisfaction. So I think it's kind of a universal thing, and and, and every that's kind of the beauty of of humanity is everyone seeks out a different set of activities that that they find challenge and satisfaction with. Yeah. And, and so even though they might seem to be quite different, I we're probably all driven by the same need, same inherent needs of challenge and satisfaction. Now, here's a question for you. Uh, Again, I was looking at your bio. Do you get equal satisfaction, creative satisfaction, uh, uh, or whatever that satisfaction thing is we're trying to nail down here? Do you get the same from capturing a really good photograph with your camera as compared to knocking off a really good riff on a Fender Stratocaster? Uh, (laughs) Absolutely. Um, And in fact, you know, I, I 
I think about this question all the time. If I had, if I was forced to give one, one of those up, uh, I don't, it would be a really tough choice. And I don't know that I, that I would want to give up the guitars ever. And even though I have made my living in photography for so many years, and even though I absolutely love it and driven by it every day, there's something magical about those guitars that, uh, and and so, yeah, there's, there's an immense level of satisfaction with that. Hmm. Is there anything you can speak of regarding uh, using Fujifilm out in the field compared to uh, other cameras and other systems you've used? You know, I, I have to say that uh, it, it's gotten to the point where I don't really find any limitations anymore mm-hmm. uh, with regards to uh, the gear, the toughness of the gear, the performance of the gear. The thing I love most about them uh, are the film simulations. Mm-hmm. And that's, I think, that's one of the things that drew me in immediately. Uh, as a Fuji film shooter, I was in love with Velvia. And I, I feel that the Velvia colors yeah, me too. <laughs> were such an integral part of my development as a photographer. Uh-huh. You know, they, they were such a, a vital part of my style and the way I saw them portrayed the world. And so when I tried that X10 and the, the Fuji rep uh, showed me, you know, Brandon showed me the, the, uh, oh, you see, yeah, we got these little film simulations. We built in the color profiles of our old films. And I was like, whoa, mm-hmm. this is really, really cool. And so not only was the camera itself fun and intriguing because it was kind of harkened back to, you know, a, a kinder, simpler time back with, you know, however you want to call it, had the nice little retro look and it was small metal dials and everything. But the film simulations were the first thing that drew me in. Mm-hmm. And they're still, I think the main thing that I love so much about the Fuji cameras is the Fuji colors were such an integral part of my my growth as a photographer over the years. And now I'm back to shooting in them. And so I'm actually, you know, for a while I was the guy who always advocated shooting everything in raw, no matter what. And now I'm totally flipped and I'm back to shooting. I shoot JPEG as often as I can. Right. For the simulation color. Yeah. 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 And I just, I just treat it as I'm shooting film. I might. So my goal these days with the X series, my goal with the satisfaction, search for satisfaction is to try to nail, try to walk away from the scene with an image I love, with a finished shot, rather than walk away with a raw file or a bunch of raw files that I'm going to go home and edit later and process when I'm so far removed from from the, the ideas and excitement I had when I pressed the shutter. I don't want to defer my creative ideas until later. I want to walk away with the image that I love. It sounds, and, and maybe I'm wrong, or correct me if I'm wrong, but there is kind of a this idea of returning to the most simple, returning to the basics uh, that I'm hearing with some of the, the Fujifilm photographers that we're speaking to and kind of eliminating the clutter and maybe that helps you get to the, to the point of what you want to do. I don't know if that's, I, that's a I definitely think that's, that's, it's certainly part of it for me. And, and, and that a lot of that has to do with the fact that the type of work I shoot and, and the way I like to go about things, I, I like to go light and fast through life. Because mm-hmm. I often shoot and carry, do bike trips and and uh, hiking and you know skiing, and so I'm I, I don't want to carry a lot of gear. I don't want to encumber myself because the lighter my pack is, the faster I can move and the more ground I can cover. Sure. And so I've just fallen in love with the little Fuji primes, and and I do have the fifty to one forty and the one hundred to four hundred, and I do use those 
um, when necessary. Uh, but I don't travel with those lenses. I don't take those lenses on a bike tour. Mm-hmm. I don't, I, you, I have hiked with the 100 to 400 and the 50 to 140 because really they're not that much heavier. Um, well, I just have to compared to the Nikons you know. and the, the, oh, yeah. the 7200 yeah. or whatever else you carried. I'm well, sure. Yeah. Yeah, nothing's gonna match you. That's yeah. what I'm saying. They're, they're yeah. compared to the other lenses are not that big, sure. but really on, on a, on a given day, I love leaving the house with, with one body and, and just three or four primes. Right. Well, that's great. And I, I do have the, the one accessory I own and I do use on occasion is the vertical body grip. Mm-hmm. And I'll use that if I'm like, if I'm going to shoot things like a bike race where right. I know I'm going to be shooting, burning through a lot of frames and super fast action. You know, it lets me shoot at higher frame rate, 11 frames a second, which of course only just means I have to edit more photos later. Yeah. No doubt our, our listeners are going to want to see a little bit more of your work. So, Dan, where sh- what's, your, what's your website? What about Instagram? Where can people go to take a look at more photographs? So, so my website is danbaileyphoto.com, and my Instagram is danbaileyphoto. And if you go to my website, I have a blog. I think it's linked on Instagram, too. Uh, I have a, a very, very active blogger. I, I write a lot about photography and, um, you know, creative ideas, creative methods, how to's, um, insight, sharing pictures, people, um, you know, just real variety of photography topics. Uh, and I also have, uh, a number of eBooks, but last year I wrote, uh, an eBook called Fuji X series unlimited, and it's a complete guide, a real world guide to all the Fuji cameras. And so I have an eBook version on my blog and Rocky Nook just, uh, published a print version this year, which is available on Amazon and directly through Rocky Nook. Sounds good. All right. So, yeah, I, I found a lot of joy in helping other photographers because I know how much passion and excitement I get when I nail that moment. And it's really satisfying to help other people because in the end, just because I'm a pro doesn't mean I love it anymore. I get any more excitement when I get that moment. I, I want other people to have that excitement too. Great attitude. Dan, so, thank you so much for joining us today. Thanks, guys. It's been a real pleasure to talk to you. We've been talking this whole episode about what it is that got us in the first place that keeps us going, and I think I just got my own answer to it. And that is that if you get into photography and you really get into it and you really enjoy taking pictures, it's as close to going back to childhood and the curiosity of being young again, regardless of how old you are, because while listening to everybody talk, I came to the realization that I do it and I keep taking pictures because when I'm out there with a camera, I am totally unself-conscious. I'm out there. I don't, I'm not aware of who's looking at me. I don't care. And I'll do things, whatever I have to do to get that shot because it's that childhood curiosity of, can I do it? Why is it? And then I get it to work and I get the same satisfaction. And I think that has a lot to do with it because everything else we do during the most of our day is not play, is not exploring, and is not discovering new things. So for me, taking a picture is no different than being six years old and flipping over a log to seeing what's underneath it. 
So there you have it. Six different points of view of uh, why we take pictures. And we could probably go on about that. And I, I think it's kind of interesting also. It, it's Trying to verbalize why we do what we do can be very, very difficult yeah. at times. Jeez, That's yeah. for sure. It's abstract stuff. So it's, it it's really is. Hard it is. That. It's intangible. And it, it's hard to put words onto it. Thank you to Dan, Valerie, and Brian for joining us. And don't forget to check the show notes for instructions on how to enter the B&H Photography Podcast Fujifilm XH1 Sweepstakes. For now, on behalf of myself, Jason, and John, thank you so much for joining us today. 